Hello everyone, if you're wondering who or what this is, give me a quick chance to explain. My name is Nick, and I am an artist educator and beatbox facilitator for Unity Charity, and this is a session sum up for the workshop that occurred this week on May 17th, 7pm on Zoom. Today we have, once again, the main facilitator, Mo, Mohab, did I pronounce it right? Mohab? Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Mo, Mohab, do you have a, well, actually, do you have a beatboxing name? Or was... I actually just straight up go by Mo. Um, okay. Uh, funny enough, some of the OGs in Unity would always call me Mo Money, so I always kind of joke around with that name, but I've never like used it on a poster or anything. <laughs> yeah, I think I've... I'm the same. I just stick with my name. <laughs> yeah. I think I, like, my beatboxing name, I would joke around and just say it's just Nick. Like, it's literally just <laughs> Nick because that's, it's only, it's just my name. Yeah, um, yeah. But, like, yeah, if I put it on posters or do promos on Instagram or something, it's just, I just say N-I-C-K. Like, that just, yeah. <laughs> that's just how it is for me. Yeah, sometimes simple is, is where it's at. Yeah, then also, like, I don't know. The nicknames that have been pitched to me, I just haven't been feeling them or stuff like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. So uh, Someday, someday I will evolve into something. <laughs> my, my Yeah, your next my, form. Yeah, my next form. Um, but in the meantime, you just get the regular old me. This was week five. five yeah. from, from So I think week four was from music to beatbox. Mm -hmm. And then this one is from beatbox to routine. Yeah, yeah. We had like a really good uh like kind of overarching theme that we were that we had like uh from from my sessions and it, it was kind of just like how do I go from like you know someone who listens to music to someone who is a beatboxer, you know? Um so last week we had from music to beatbox, so that was kind of like how do I hear something and like garner the sounds from it and like like kind of extract the the parts that I want from it. Um, and then this week was kind of, how do I take, okay, now I have all these sounds and now I want to make my own stuff. How do I turn that into like something in my head or like an idea or even just like the sounds that I have in, in my toolbox and actually turn that into like a routine or, or music or a song like for myself, you know, to, to be able to perform. Um, which I mean, I, I feel like I typically put an emphasis more on, on like performing that thing. Though you don't really have to, but I always think of it as a performance because it doesn't really matter whether you're performing for like five people or 10 people or 100 people because like at the end of the day, the quality should be the same. Um, and likewise, if you're just performing for yourself, like the quality should still be the same, right? Like you should practice equally as hard when you're practicing for the performance than when you actually do the performance, you know, um, or at least in a perfect world, which is why I kind of always just think of it as a performance or as performing that routine. Uh, even if you only want to perform it for yourself, that's totally fine. Yeah. I, I think the, the two cents that I brought to this week's workshop was kind of similar to what was being talked about the previous week. Um, just a lot of like un, in my, from my perspective, a lot of just like taking an idea and then building off of it. Mm. And sim it's similar to how, and when you put it into context into this week, it kind of helps you kind of like hone in onto, okay, this is an idea that I have. 
how can I refine it into a point where it's I can structure it into a routine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we go a bit in depth about that. But first, we did a quick intro, name pronouns, and it's funny. I think we I asked this question and I asked this question in another beatbox workshop that I did this week, and it was, "What would your superhero name be?" <laughs> yeah, yo, it's, it's honestly, it's a it's a legendary question. Like you, you, I feel like everyone at some point has has thought about it. Um, even if it's just in passing, like even if you're not like a hardcore superhero fan person, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like it's, it's still always come up. Even if it's just come up in the sense of like not like oh what like I I want to be a superhero or like what would my powers be or I want anything. It's like even if sometimes it'll just come up as like man I wish I could do blank you know, and like that's essentially the same thing. Like yeah, uh, at the same time though, I'm starting to realize since we are since we don't even have like beatboxing nicknames or (laughs) boxing names but we're able to think of superhero names i think my superhero name would still just be nick (laughs) we're slipping yeah Yeah. (laughs) but uh yeah i think um to be honest i feel like even like superhero names i'm not particularly good at doing either you know i mean like they've never been like good consistently or anything like that um but it's like it's like you know like, how did uh, Spider-Man get his name? He got it from the Daily Bugle, from the newspapers, right? Mm-hmm. People were calling him Spider-Man. Or, like, I think when he started... No, no, when he started, he was, like, a wrestler or something in the Spider-Man yeah, Origins. Yeah. And he was just like, just call me Spider... Just, I don't know, call me the human spider. But then he's like, no, we're calling you Spider-Man instead because it sounds cooler. <laughs> yeah. And then he just accepted it. So, that, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's what we need. We need... <laughs> we need we need to become popular enough to a point where we're on the newspapers and then they just give us a nickname or superhero yeah, I mean, name or like That's actually the way it's done in like the dancing community is that like you're not, I, like I don't think you're actually allowed really to, like and I'm sure it's changed a little bit now, but like the OG way was that like you were given a nickname by the people who came before you. So like when you were going to sessions, like whoever came before you and was like teaching you or whatever, like would give you a nickname or give you like your your name basically um which is why like i kind of like going by either like mo money or big mo or or whatever um it's just because that's kind of what the ogs would call me and so it's kind of like a respect to like the more like traditional kind of hip-hop hierarchy i guess of like you know like paying the respects to those who came before me um and those who came before me, obviously being from like the generation previous, like Mo Money was a huge thing, you know. Um, but I mean, also, it, like I, I feel like I, I use those, but like I've never really used them hardcore as like the stage name, like the name, you know. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. There's a it's funny that we like talk about like we're talking a lot about names. It's the whole because I think the main protective factor for this week was like awareness. So it's mm. the whole of like identity awareness and everything like that yeah i mean it's huge like like everything is really like in the name um like as much as it is and it isn't um but there's definitely a lot of power in in names i like one of my favorite things that i heard one time i think like just on the internet somewhere um was someone saying that uh what their parent told them was that their gift was an their name was a gift sorry from like the from a parent to a child but at no point are you obligated to like keep that gift or use that gift you know what i mean oh. like that like, yeah. so it's kind of like the permission to change your name if you so saw fit yeah 
And I feel like it's the same kind of thing with like, even like the, the names, like the OGs have given me, you know what I mean? Cause I like, I'll use the names and stuff and like, I'll like, like use them, joke around with them, like whatever. Um, but nowadays, like everyone has to come up with like a name that's like marketable and like all these other factors, which like the casual nicknames of the past just don't fit as accurately anymore, unfortunately. But I remember, I remembered, I just reminded myself, I remembered I actually tried to do tried to have a beatboxing name and try to make one up for myself. And I think it was because my full name was my full name is Nicholas and I C H O L A S. But then I just took out the C H O and then it was just Nihilus. <laughs> hmm. Um and I remembered I did a like a short small battle using that name and can't remember too much about it. I just remember when they called me up, they pronounced it wrong. Like, they, I think they pronounced oh. it as Nihilus. So I was like, okay. Maybe not that then. <laughs> what about, uh, what if we take, just take off the LAS? What if we just call you Nicho? So I think like that's my, <laughs> I think that's my nickname in a Facebook group chat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, names are weird. Hopefully I find, hopefully I'll get, I'll get one that like I, that I like um, and something that's catchy. But yeah, once again, in the meantime, you just get Nick and you just get Mo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember last week even too, we were making jokes about how I, I just was going to keep on co- coming up with nicknames for you uh, and everyone else too. So we'll, we'll keep it going. We'll just we'll we'll keep, keep it going. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. yeah, honestly, yeah. I'm not, I'm open for any ideas. But at the same time, I'm honest <laughs> if the ideas <laughs> nice. are something that I'm not a fan of. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so... Give, give me your honest opinion then, because I've called you Nikolai for time, and I'll always, like, I've always, you've, like, come into rooms and stuff, and I'm just like, Nikolai! Oh, <laughs> like, you know what? It's funny, because I feel like people have called me, like, Nikolai as just, like, a, like, a short little nickname, like, a, just, a, just yeah, like, a, like, when a they're just fooling nickname. around, yeah, 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 like a jokey joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've grown accustomed to it. It's like, it's like one of those things where, I mean, like, the more you say it, the more I, I guess I don't. The, the less I don't mind, or the, the less I do mind. Um, so, we're, yeah, we're, I've sticks. worn you down over time. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I think that's the secret to nicknames. You just got to keep saying it until the person's like, fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like, I, honestly, I, as much as like, like a stage name, okay, I'll give it to you. You get to pick. But a nickname, you know what I mean? Like, as long as it's not offensive or, like, demeaning in any way, yep. yeah, you don't really get to pick. You know what I mean? Like, it's because the whole point is kind of that, like, whoever you're around gives you that nickname. Um, and it could be because of something you did or just because it was funny or whatever. But, yeah, as long as you're not, like, actively against it, yeah, I kind of got to just agree with yeah, it. It's I, just kind of given to you. I've actually never thought of that. Like, there's a difference between a nickname and a stage name. Mm. And that's, a, and that's even like exactly what I was trying to differentiate between like the, like the OGs calling me Mo Money and yeah. like my stage name. Because like, I'll use it as a nickname. It's, there's been tons of times where I've gotten up uh, like and said like, hey, it's Mo Money, no problems though. You know what I mean? Like that kind of joke. But, uh, but I haven't really used it as like a stage name. I have used it on a stage though. I will say like not as like the main stage name, but I have totally gone up on stage and been like, hey, what up? It's your boy Mo Mo money, no problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've said it as like the ad lib almost. You know, mm. yeah, that's but. interesting. That's actually that. That's, that's a question to put down. <laughs> like, what would what would your nickname be, or what do you think your nickname would be, and then what do you think what would you want your stage name to be? Mm. Um, 
Yeah, maybe we should do that next week. Jake, yeah. replace the question. All right, you know what? I'm going to write this down. <laughs> Stage name. Okay. In the meantime, let's get back into the workshop. <laughs> Getting back into this. Yeah, just just cut that whole part out. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the impossible the impossible segue. Um, I think we... So after intros, we did, like, some icebreakers? Was that, like, the short short sound and the long sound exercise? I yeah, can't remember I, too much I of it, to be honest. I didn't put too much pressure on people to, like, come up with... Uh, like uh, a bird noise in particular um because that's what we kind of had down was to, to originally it was just going to be a bird noise but i yeah. didn't want to put too much pressure on people to make a bird noise if that's not something they were like well versed in or comfortable doing um so i also offered them to just make some sort of short noise or a long noise um so i i yeah we just kind of left it up to them of like you know here's a couple options give us one of them um and it worked out for the most part. Like, I don't think anybody, uh, I, I remember, I think it was Kat actually surprised us with a bird noise. Hers was on point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I remembered, uh, it's funny because, because I also had another workshop this week and mm. the participants were all, they, they all surprised me with bird noises. Like everyone just started <laughs> nice. doing bird noises. Nice. Um, it was crazy. It was wild. Like Kat, the junior no... art academy. With... <laughs> With no, uh, like, no provocation? Like, you didn't say, like, do a bird noise? It was, like, or? at the end of the workshop, and then they were just, we were doing, like, the whole sound skip exercise where we mm -hmm. had to guess where they were based off of the sounds that they were making. And at the end of it, people just couldn't think of any other environments. So <laughs> I think one of the teachers was just like, maybe we can do bird noises. And then all the kids just started <laughs> doing bird noises. And it was just, where did this come from? That's fine. That's jokes. Yeah, I, I do like bird noises. Uh, I, I can appreciate bird noises. Yeah, they're very, they can be very subtle too. And then it's, it's fun to do them just out in the open and then throw people off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. I would be lying if I didn't say I've done that. Yep. Um, so then after Icebreakers, we did... Oh, I guess we did like a quick warm-up on... I think we just did another call and response exercise. Yeah, we did the call and response, and uh, you taught them also some other classic sounds. Oh, right, yeah. So we did, like, other variations of the kick, snare, and hi-hat. So I think the one, like, one kick that we did was, like, the filtered kick, where you, it's the, when you do a heartbeat sound effect, <laughs> like that thing. The way I taught it was, if you just say good, and then emphasize the G, it's all good, 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 good. And then maybe if you, when you say the good, take out the ud. So you just get the guh, 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 guh. And then close your mouth when you do it. So it's. And then it turns into like some sort of filtered kick. So that's one way of doing a, another uh, sound that sounds similar to a kick. And. Um, yeah, I feel like yeah. even in that beat that I was doing in the workshop, I feel like I almost use it as a snare when I'm going like, like a you know. Oh, it's cool the way you do it because it looks, it sounds like you're doing like a outward K snare mixed with the filtered kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that one's actually, I'm actually doing the inwards snare. Like I'm actually doing like almost like a rim shot. Oh, you're doing inward? So like, that yeah. sounds cool. Yeah. So can you do, wait, so... Uh, indulge me for a second. <laughs> can yeah, you do yeah. like the? Can you do it without the snare? Without the inward? Well, without the inward snare, 
it becomes exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Good. So then, and then try to do the, the, yeah, that like kind of do like a beat with that. Like just with the, <laughs> like. So like in the inward without the inward case snare, it's just the, right. Yeah. So do like say for instance like. Oh yeah. But then replace the ish with like an inward K. Yeah, kind of like that. Because I'm always trying to figure out how to do that. Like the, how to make it sound like you're doing a K snare, but you're also doing the throat kick at the same time. Um, yeah. Yeah, that sound. Yeah, I feel like it almost like, I definitely feel like it, it's more of a rim shot than an inwards K. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like a rim, yeah, like a rim shot. Yeah. Like, cause it'll, it, cause I don't know. I always find like inwards K's tend to be a little bit more breathy, but you almost can't do a breathy sound with it or at least not like as it won't mesh as well because like you almost need like the stop happening in your throat. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, or like the, like, like the cutoff. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great sound to be honest. It's definitely one of my favorite sounds, uh, like, because it's like, it's like one of those sounds that are inherently layered. You know what I mean? Like they have like a depth to them, which I feel like is important when you want to like make your beat sound more professional, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Or more like music and less like someone's doing it, you know, like someone's beatboxing it. Yep. Um, which again, like to me is definitely like a huge key part of beatboxing is to really make it as good as possible so that it doesn't sound like someone's beatboxing it. Right. Um, yeah. No, because I'm always having, I guess I'm, Partially also have trouble sometimes trying to differentiate like a rim shot and, and a case snare. Mm -hmm. um, because like mine, because I guess like the technique is so similar mm -hmm. that when I try to do a rim shot or a case snare, they're kind of the same thing to me. Um, but there are differentiations in terms of like how it sounds. Um, but when I, like, yeah, when I do it, 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 it feels, it feels the same. So. Yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming from. I have I have the exact same thing, and I like the way I always kind of just differentiate it is almost like how, like almost how deep into the corner your your like tongue is when you're making that sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like I feel like the more to the front it is, and the more airy it is, the more like an inwards K it is, and the more to the corner and shorter it is, almost the more of like a rim shot it is. Gotcha. You know? Um, yeah. which is why like when I realized because I was like I was essentially like going very deep into the corner to do that rim shot before hitting the throat part you know what I mean mm -hmm. and that's like like almost like the proximity needed to do the sound which is why I was like just to to help you get it kind of thing was just to be like do it more like a rim shot you know right. what I mean because it's got to be like farther back to easily roll into like doing the throat you know yeah. um but that's definitely not a hard and fast rule. Like if it if it works with doing it closer to the front and you like that sound better, like you know, it all things go in beatboxing. You already yeah. know. <laughs> you were doing that. You were even doing that sound actually in the in that uh, short routine that you were demonstrating during like the whole body of work part, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like the whole checklist. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah. The, the checklist was an important part of of this one in particular because I feel like like just to give people some sort of uh 
like method that they can kind of rely on a little bit more because like a lot of these things especially where uh with like beatboxing where it's not like as classically developed as like a lot of other art forms it's harder sometimes to get into because there is no formula you know what i mean like with with like some sorts of music and like e even like most instruments you know like if you follow a song it has a set pattern for the most part you know what i mean like you're gonna have verse you're gonna have chorus you're gonna have verse you're gonna have chorus mm -hmm. you're gonna have bridge you know what i mean like it's very like this then this then this then this and you can figure it out a little yep. bit more theoretically as you dive into it but i feel like with beatboxing sometimes it's not as organized or at least not as consistently organized and especially to someone who's not a beatboxer it's harder to see those sorts of things um so the checklist was just kind of like something to, to give people some sort of launching point you know to to try to do those things and then they can then take that and refine that however they see fit of course um, but just to give some sort of launching point to it um, but yeah, the, the rhythm or the, like the pattern that I was doing when we were going over the checklist did have that sound. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so what were the important parts of the checklist? So like maybe for those who are listening, they can probably like use it as, like you said, like a, like a, like the foundation or something to start off a routine that they they're thinking about trying to produce and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, like in, it's kind of trying to oversimplify a potentially very complicated process, but like the general gist of it is that you're going to want to have some sort of melody and you're going to want to have some sort of rhythm or some sort of beat that will work with that melody. Um, just to leave it up to the people, like you don't have to start with one first. If you are good with beats, come up with a beat first. If you're a melody person, like if you're a singer or something like that and you want to come up with a melody first, it works either way. Um, but you want to kind of come up with the two so that you have kind of like a full piece mm -hmm. and then to make that, to, to then take that piece and make it into a routine. What you would want to do is come up with like variations of it um, or complementary things to it. Uh, like it could be a complementary melody. It could be uh, a simplified version of the beat. It could be anything really. Um, but the idea is to just come up with variations of some kind and then that main original piece and all the variations now are your, all your puzzle pieces for that routine. And then as you go about creating the routine, it's just about which puzzle piece fits next to achieve what you want to achieve. So if you want to, you know, do a crazy 30 seconds, maybe you're just going to pick like you know the the most hard hitting and the more complicated parts of that to make sure like your 30 seconds is really good you know if you're coming up with like a five minute song maybe you're gonna go with some simplified versions first and slowly edge into it or do like what you were saying where you kind of had like the step uh, method where you go like sim most simplified version a little bit more complicated a little bit more complicated and then you hit the uh, like actual piece mm -hmm. and then you go back again and you do the same step all over you know um, all like totally valid ways of doing it, but the overall like core of that checklist is to have some sort of melody, some sort of beat, and come up with variations of it, and then sprinkle all those variations in so that the whole piece itself becomes a routine that's like varied over the whole course of the routine. All right. Basically. That's actually, yeah, that's I've been watching like a lot of um, Grand Beatbox Battle wildcard videos and 
like the the way you describe it, the checklist and how um, it's formatted, it's you can you can pretty much uh, put that on to any of the wildcard videos, or yeah, I would say most of them, mm-hmm. and they would yeah they all have like a melody, a specific melody, a specific rhythm in mind, and like variations of those ideas within their routines, and yeah, I think I was gonna. I was going to touch a, a bit on um, uh, one video that I saw from Alem. Shout out to him. He's a very, very prominent beatboxing figure mm. in the in the community. And he did a wildcard video for a grand beatbox, for the grand beatbox battle uh, competition this year. He got in and he did a, also, what was cool, he did a quick analysis and kind of breakdown of his, of his wildcard. And... He, the way he structured it was, he kind of did a thing where he started off with like a lot of his old school, old school beats, like all of the stuff that he, he did back in the day. And then he, in the middle, it was a bit of, um, it was new stuff. It was like new ideas. So new melodies, new, uh, new rhythms, and then other like different variations of it. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he, um, I think at the end he he kind of mixed mixed them mixed a bit of the the old school and the new school stuff, and then he abruptly ended it with uh with an idea that that he introduced at some point in the middle of his routine, and then he yeah he reintroduced it at the end and then that's how he just ended it. So it, it, it's cool to watch. I, I kind of recommend like watch uh suggest people watch that video because it's it's cool to um, hear not just not just someone analyze their wildcard videos, but then also LM analyze his own wildcard videos. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's interesting to see the, see the process when you are watching the, like a, like a world champion, like figure out how to create a routine. Yeah, I, I mean, I love it. it. It's really like, like part of the reason, like, so my main issue with even my own checklist is that you can easily fall into the problem of being like of thinking that there's like a formula and that like that's it like that's the formula and that's what you follow and that's it and if you follow that even in in music you end up with like pop culture music right where it's like all very similar like following this a similar sort of pattern and you can kind of almost fall into the trap of thinking that's all music is and it's the same kind of thing with beatboxing in that like this checklist like the reason why I, I try not to make it overly formal of like you do this then you do this then you do this and that's it uh or like like telling people like how to arrange the puzzle pieces yeah. any like i don't want to i never want to go that far because it really is totally up to you and you can totally like do whatever you want like the only limitation is going to be your own creativity you know and so like Alan, like the way he, like you, you make it sound almost is that he was like treating it more like a conversation, like the same way you would when you want to like talk to someone about something, you know, like that you want to, you know, maybe we talk about the like old idea, you know what I mean? Then we talk about the new idea. Then we like have uh, some sort of far idea that you might not even have thought of. And he sprinkled that in there. You know what I mean? And then he went back to the old idea, talked about how it connected with the new idea and then sprinkled in that that new thing again to keep you interested in what the future might hold. You know what I mean? Like it's the same way you could organize a conversation if you were trying to yep. like convince someone, right? So it's it's the same thing with with music is that 
it's really just about like, what do you want to communicate? If you want to communicate nothing but ridiculous bass drops, yep. that's fine. Do just little buildups, bass drop, little buildup, bass drop. That's it. That's your formula. You know what I mean? But it just depends on what you want to communicate, right? Yeah, for sure. I like. I do agree that sometimes the um, when you create a, when you create like a formula, it's you people have a tendency or there's a chance that you get too fixated on it and then you just you kind of just stay in one lane and you don't really have you don't feel the need to kind of just explore outside of the box. At the same time, though, I. I think the what's nice about the checklist that you've created is like it's very valid because of how general and yeah just how general and uh, I guess there's a better word of saying of saying it but um, like vague I guess the mm-hmm. in terms of how it is and yeah because it's up to interpretation it's very uh, basic in terms of how it's structured so you can do whatever you want with um, how the checklist like kind of. Uh, analyzes uh, routines and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I mean, like, it's definitely like, yeah, like, like one of the other, like, pros of it, or like, why I still like use it, even though, uh, like, it's intentionally vague, which can be maybe difficult for some. Um, but I think it's also important to, to like do this sort of organization consciously, right? Because that that is also like the difference between like a novice beatboxer who's just freestyling something and Alam who like consciously organized it in this way to achieve the effect that he wanted. Right. And you can be a great beatboxer who does nothing but freestyle, but your message is not always going to be as clear because you didn't think about it beforehand. You know, like you're going to be a little bit more hit and miss with whether you delivered the message that you were intending exactly how you were intending it. Right. Whereas when you have your pre-organized like routines, those messages are going to be exactly what you're intending, you know. And so that's why, like, just having a conscious checklist is important, even if you don't follow like my checklist or or even if you have different checklists or whatever. But the idea is just that you do it consciously with at least a little bit of thought in it, you know, like just so that you can have like some sort of a like an actual message or like a point that you can get to um but also so that you can correct things it's a lot easier to correct things when you know what you did yeah you know um i mean that being said i i also freestyle all the time and have totally freestyled performances before um yeah. but and i y- tend to do it with a little bit more of like a here's the plan and it's going to be like this freestyle and then this freestyle and then this freestyle less of like uh i'm just freestyling the whole thing you know yeah like even honestly the 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 weird thing about freestyling is that you're not you're not really freestyling everything is premeditated to some extent Mm -hmm. um it's just a matter of like i think when it comes to freestyling you're just it's just coming out of you but you're doing things that you're just so comfortable with that it just becomes second nature that's why uh, beatboxers like Kenny Urban or Napalm are so good because they can they can do routines or just do a performance and it's you can tell that it's a freestyle because of how um, I, I don't know I guess like because of how familiar it sounds or um, just how repet- re- repetitive it can be although that could be that that's debated but 
you can there are times when even even not just beatboxers but then also like rappers for instance like you can tell if a rapper is freestyling but it still sounds great it still sounds awesome but i mean even that like i i think the reason why it'll still sound awesome is because they've done it with a plan before yeah that's what i mean so they're they're copying even if they're not copying like you know the words or the exact like thing that they have practiced by still using this uh, same like proven checklist that they've made or same proven like formula they're able to put in different sounds different words different whatever but because it follows the same formula it still achieves the same thing you know i mean it's essentially like they've come up with a good argument all they're doing is changing what the topic is you know yeah i think okay here's a here's a question to probably close this out if say that it's someone's first time or someone is thinking about uh doing a routine or performing like think thinking of creating a, a beatboxing routine for a performance that they're going to do like in a week from now what are the main points you would want to or the main pieces of advice you would want to give them in order to to have them like produce a successful routine um i mean assuming they're not like uh you know, super experienced performers, I would definitely say practice really helps um, because not everyone can just pull something out of a hat. Um, so like by having something that's like well-practiced, you know, you'll you, like when you're under the pressure and you're forgetting things, when it's well-practiced, it can just be delivered like by force of habit almost rather than like relying on like being able to like consciously deliver it on mm -hmm. like the actual stage. Um, but I mean, if you're, if you're super great and you're not worried about it, um, then I guess you can practice less, but I definitely think like practicing would help. Um, as far as organizing the whole thing, you really can't go wrong with like the tried and true, like song principles, you know, um, be it if you want to copy like pop culture and music um, and like how that music is organized with the whole like verse chorus thing, like what we were talking about um, or whether you want to just look up beatboxing videos and like see, Oh, where are they repeating like the different things or like what, what's different bar to bar in what they're doing. Um, but yeah, like, uh, like when you're starting out, especially like, you know, if this is like your first routine that you're performing or something like, you don't have to go crazy with it. You know, if you, if you just want to make a solid successful routine, copying what's been done before you is not a bad idea. And as long as you don't get stuck into too much of a routine of copying other people, then I don't think it's a problem, right? Cause it's always good to, to a certain extent, or you almost arguably have to, to a certain extent, copy what's come before you before you can innovate for it. Right? Like you have to kind of know your toolbox before you can use the tools in an unexpected way. Um, so yeah, I would just I would just go tried and true. You know, like if you're trying to come up with your own routine, go tried and true. Would you like, would you encourage them to stick to what they were always practicing and then perform what they've been practicing, or would you encourage them to do something in the performance that's uh, uh, like change it up a bit in the performance to make it spontaneous or to make it like interesting for for them? Because I've always felt like, um, for me, sometimes when I perform routines, I kind of just go off. There, there's a point where I stick to the script, but then there's going to be like a halfway point where I just like start doing my own thing and start to just fool around with it for a bit. 
So I guess like in terms of someone who's performing a routine for the first time or just someone who's performing on stage for the first time, would you encourage them to just stick to the script throughout the entire performance or just let them change it up while they're while they're performing? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I think I, I think it's I, I just don't think it's a one size fit all type of thing um, because there's people who are going to go on stage and like just feel super, super nervous. And if they can get out the whole routine as they planned it, fantastic. You know, then that that's still a massive success, um, especially when you put all the time and effort into planning that routine, like and it comes off exactly how you intended. Like, that's amazing. Um, but if you're like super confident, like I think one of the reasons why you're able to like start doing your own thing is because you've performed before and now you're like comfortable. And if it's not because of your experience performing, it's because of your experience on like the loop station, for example, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that thing inside and out. So you're comfortable messing around with it because kind of like exactly what you were saying with the experienced performers, like Kenny Irvin, Napalm, those guys is because you might not have done that exact same thing before, but you've done the formula of messing around with the loop station. So messing around with the loop station on stage is just switching it up, but not completely, you know? Um, and I think that's where all like the good innovation is going to be, right? Like, it's like, it's not like you necessarily have to flip the whole thing on its head, but it's just, you modify it slightly so that it's better, right? That's the, even the definition of innovation compared to invention, right? Um, is like a slight improvement versus a completely new thing. Um, so it's the same, it's the same thing with, with, uh, with people with their first routine. If you can deliver your routine and you're comfortable with that, do it do it solidly and, and be happy with that. Um, but if you get halfway through your routine and you feel super comfortable, you can always like do a little freestyle section or do like, and switch it up a little bit or like if, if that's what you're comfortable doing, but I definitely wouldn't put like any pressure on doing that. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, you know? Um, and like, even uh, like if you are comfortable doing that, you don't even have to necessarily do it in like a way that flows well with your routine. You could just deliver your routine, do a little scratch or do a little something and switch into an entirely different freestyle and then use that to close off your performance, you know? Yep. Um, so there's even something to be said then that way you can get through your whole routine. And then if you feel comfortable, add on to it or something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely don't want to give like a carte blanche, like, or not carte blanche, like a like a rigid answer of like, no, you have to freestyle at the end of it or you have to like change things up. Like, cause if you're, if you come up with a routine and it's a solid routine, you don't, don't definitely don't feel any pressure to change it. Um, and I definitely think there's been like some really big name beatboxers who have a routine and like, like any sort of art form, a lot of the bread and butter like uh, is performing for for like beatboxers especially you know what i mean like nobody's making crazy money off of album releases in beatboxing or anything like that it's mm -hmm. always from performing um so i'm sure there's like countless uh like professional beatboxers who have done like routines and who have gone up and performed that exact routine and then some other days they'll switch it up slightly depending on how they're feeling you know yeah um but uh when you do the same routine multiple times sometimes you just don't change it um 
it was just like a gig, just a routine, and you just delivered it. You know, I've totally done that myself. And I'm also constantly changing my routines as well, trying to make it sound. Uh, always trying to make it sound different. Always trying to make it like sound good to me. I don't. I guess to a point where the more I repeat routines, the more bored I get about about them, and the more over it I get the, about them. So I always try to change it up. Um, but yeah, totally. Like I think I think I only asked that question because. For for me, there are times, and I also see this in other performers as well. Uh, there's just a lot of like overthinking before their before performances, or like right before they they're about to go up. There's a lot of like, should I do this? Maybe I should, maybe I should change it up in the middle of my routine. I don't know, or maybe I should just stick with it. Especially this happens a lot, and I think this happens a lot in battles as well, um, because there's a lot of sh- uh, strategizing and trying to think of like a game plan. Yeah, I think of. When I when I think of stuff like this in terms of how I perform my routines on stage, it, it depends on the person. It depends on how comfortable they are on stage, and depends on the experience that they have. Like I think when I first met Elise, or when I when he first started like getting introduced into the scene, shout out to him. Um, I don't know if he still does this, but from what I remember, he did a lot of like um like he'd always write write down his rounds. He'd always uh have the rounds written down like figured out at this figured out beforehand and i remember in his first his first composition i i, I think he, i remember him telling me that like he he only stuck to one tempo and he used that one tempo throughout all of his rounds and he was able to create like different it was it was it was crazy cuz he he was able to do like different variations of of beats using that one tempo and yeah, like it worked. It worked really. It worked really well for him. And yeah, it's like one of those things of you can totally be the t- you can totally be the type of person who just sticks to the script versus yeah, someone like Kenny Urban who just freestyles uh, in competitions and is able to do really well. But then again, that all depends on how comfortable you are um, in the space and in the environment that you're performing at. So yeah, and it's like it's. It's a different it's it's a different tool set kind of at the end of the day, right? Like being able to organize beforehand and being able to freestyle it and both of those things to still be at the same level is really just dependent on your skill set. Yep. Right? Um like some people are good at that, some people aren't. And there's no there's, there's no nothing I've seen to say that you have to do it one way or the other. Um it re- it really is just like what you're good at. Like if you find you're good at freestyling, um, and that your performances are just as like damn good, just by freestyling. But hey, mm-hmm. more power to you. Don't organize anything. Um, would I say that that will work for the average person? No. Um, which is why I definitely advocate for for trying to follow a little bit more of a like a formula and like trying to come up with your own formula. Um, and it's kind of the same sort of thing, even like, if you just look at like rappers, for example, like can every rapper freestyle? No. You know I mean, can any person freestyle? No. You know, like can any person potentially write like a good rap? Yeah. I think, I think anybody can given enough time. Um, and I definitely think the same thing for beatboxing, you know, I think anybody can beatbox, um, the like higher abilities of it just come from how easily you can get into it you know but anybody can do it i think uh and also i think regardless of whatever whatever your experience is in beatboxing whenever you get the opportunity to perform um and just like show show people what you got 
um, it's always important to just think about okay, how do I want to be remembered on stage and like what do, what do I want to be like what are the highlights of my routines what what kind of thing can I bring to the performances and actually yeah this is like a reflection question so mm-hmm. to think about um, what special flair can you bring to your performances slash routines and what do you want to highlight in your routines so and uh, Generally speaking, like, how do you want to be remembered after after you perform in front of a certain number of people? I mean, mm-hmm. As soon as, like, after you perform in in front of, a, like, an open mic or, like, a unity unity day or a workshop or... Yeah, just, like, something, this is something to think about. Yeah, 100%. And you can see even, like, a lot of, like, those big-name beatboxers, like, they, like, have, like, an obvious thing often that is like well known to be their thing. Yep. Um and they don't always do that thing, but it's like their trademark thing. Um and like even it's kind of a bad like sometimes can be kind of a bad thing in in beatboxing. Um because like I feel like even like if you look at like singing or anything like that, like there's a lot of people who might sing like in a specific range or sing a specific style and it's like I feel like the differences are more nuanced in something like singing, for example, like people might not be able to like, or like the average person wouldn't be able to like exactly say like, Oh, this person sings that way. And that person sings that way. And I feel like the same sort of thing in the beatboxing community, like, you know, like sometimes they're not necessarily biting someone else's style. It's just like a sound, you know what I mean? And you can't just like, you can't trademark a sound. It's a sound. You know what I mean? The same way you can't like trademark, uh, like, well, I guess you can trademark a melody, but like, you know, like you can't trademark certain parts of music because they're just not, you can't trademark them. You know what I mean? Um, so that, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of yeah. like, it's like, it's kind of, that, that could be argued because there is a lot of, there have been a lot of instances in terms of licensing and royalties and a lot of court cases and suing uh, with other musicians. So. But I don't know, maybe it's just me because like, I, I just feel like beatboxing is like, it's still so, something that really needs to be shared. You know what I mean? So I, I just hate to see like people starting out, get really shot down just because they use a sound. That's know? true. I, 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 I agree on that part. Um, but at the same time though, I are, I, I have seen beatboxers where they've got, they've gotten like pretty, um, I guess frustrated whenever they, they feel like they have something new. And then it turns out someone else <laughs> did the same thing already. So it's like a lot of ah, oh, I gotta think of something. I gotta think of something else. When in reality, you really don't. It's um, yeah. it's just how you use it. Um, but I think that is it in terms of the session that happened this week. Was there anything else that you wanted to add, Mo? I mean, I think I, I the only other thing that I had really talked about during the session, what you kind of already hit, was just the like, the whole like taking those opportunities whenever you can, um, which in the workshop I just highlighted really as like open mics because uh, I feel like it's the most uh, accessible format really for the most part for most people um, is just to hit that local open mic and get on stage and just get get used to that whole feeling of of having a microphone and and that whole aspect of it um and there's no pressure like it's not like a competition it's not uh there's no hierarchy of any kind really with open mics um so just it's just like an opportunity to, to get out there on a stage if you've been in any beatbox workshop it doesn't have to be like multiple times it can even just be once it doesn't have to be for the full thing it could even just be for like a second and you just learn one sound if you get an opportunity to 
perform beatboxing or someone asks you to beatbox, um, just show them what you got. Just show them what you got. You'd be surprised on, on the reactions you'd get. And sometimes on the rare occasion, you would even meet another beatboxer. Mm. Um, so yeah, like I honestly, I encourage every, anyone who's, who, who even has like some slight, slight knowledge on beatboxing or how to do certain sounds to just share it with people. And, um, yeah, you'd be amazed by just the reactions you'd get. Um, so I think that pretty much covers everything that occurred. Uh, once again, shout outs to everyone who attended the workshop. If you are free on Mondays, uh, feel free to come by and say hi, participate, or just chill and observe slash lurk. You don't even have to participate. You can. A lot of participants are just no mics, no video. <laughs> just see the names or <laughs> the occasional Gmail uh, picture. <laughs> and yeah, and once again, the session is every Monday, 7 p.m. till June 7th with the Zoom number 863-5488-3254. That's 863-5488-3254. Take care and have a good week. Thank you.